Hello, Dragon Tamers, and welcome back to another episode of Enter the Dragonair's Den. As always, I am Taku Dog, joined by the legendary professor, Jet Force Gemini. Good to hear your voice again, Taku. Same to you. I hope you had a wonderful week, and it's not so rainy and thunderstormy since the last time we spoke about the weather. <laughs> yeah, it was it was easy. It was it's a back to what I what I expect from nice spring day in the SoCal. Jelly, we're in we're in false spring right now in the Midwest, which is kind of not fun. I mean, just you're. We didn't miss out on any kind of crazy April Fool's event. Right. Apparently Niantic thought that the double points weekend was just not the play, so they decided to just nerf it down to one win equals one point. But it's okay. We were here for it. If you're new... I didn't know Niantic was involved in that. (laughs) Niantic's always involved with it. (laughs) They gave us Pidgey event. And I spent April Fool's staying at home and not going outside because a tornado had came through the day before and I said nope not going outside outside bad inside good fool me once shame on you exactly so if you're new around here we are a Pokemon Go PvP podcast that specializes in the Sylph Arena factions primarily in the lower tiers of open all the way up to bronze if you're not new around here welcome back So we do have to get into a little bit of some Niantic news. As always, we are going to be way behind the curve in saying that Niantic has decided to limit the amount of raids. And the the reasoning is they want us all to go outside and touch grass. I don't know about you, Jet, but I will not be going outside to touch grass unless I'm absolutely required to. Uh, I'm I'm just glad I've said this to a few people that... Landorus is next, and while I do need XLs for it, it's it's one of those bosses that really only takes a couple people, and so I won't, I won't feel this one really until we get back to more difficult stuff again, and uh, I feel like that's that's when they'll really feel the effects of what they're talking about here. Like, obviously it hasn't gone through yet either, so it's like the, the price hike isn't a thing, the limitation isn't a thing, but in a few days when it is it's gonna be okay because Lugia will be back out of rotation and people won't be as immediately impacted by not having people join raids as regularly and that's fair I kind of think that well the first question I'm gonna ask is when was a a, ra- a legendary raid boss considered difficult because I haven't really thought of one since Kyogre the first time in 2018 if I'm being quite frank. But someone will correct me somewhere saying, No, Taco, I didn't play during that time. I was level th- 4, and I got I got kicked in for Groudon because I just kept getting Solar Beam. And I'm going to say, You're lying because you can't raid till level 5. So there. And Kyogre can't Solar Beam. However, apparently Niantic thought that, You know, we may have upset a few people, so in response, we're going to extend the bag storage and the box storage. Let's go. And I'm over here like, so what about the friends list? Can we get that expanded too if you actually want us to go and be friendly and stuff? You're asking for too much there. Just take your box take your box storage expansion and, and be quiet. <laughs> I don't want to. 
And then to give us, I guess, an, a late April Fool's joke, they decided to have Reggie Alecki come in on Easter Sunday when we will all spend it with our families. Very least to create that conflict of interest, right? Where it's just like, uh, maybe don't pick a day that has something on the calendar already. Look, I already told my wife I'm going to go outside and play. She may or may not have been accepting about it, but it's it's going to happen. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to light a flare on campfire and all and all four people in my area that have campfire are going to see it and they're going to come and then we're going to laugh and joke and then complain about no special spawns and then we're going to go away. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll probably do the 11 o'clock again and just be done, but that's just because my family does, like, early dinner stuff instead of morning things. Oh, that's fair. Well, alrighty then. <laughs> so, oh, other than that, we have a new a new Sylph cup that came out, the Polka Dot Cup. And we'll get into that in the second half of the episode, if we get to the second half of the episode. <laughs> when, when we get to the second half this time. It, it's gonna, ha- it's coming, it's gonna happen eventually. But before we do that, we do have to wrap up and preview some amazing battles that happened over the weekend, just in factions alone. So we're gonna go ahead and dive right into open and covering the la- the top five slots in open. We had Roslark Bow taking a familiar loss, getting upset by Zero to Hero Gaming. Coincidentally, when Roslark Bow was in open last time, they lost in bout three to the upstart Dinair Don't Care faction. So that's not just to kick the team while it's down. I just like putting parallels together. We also had Fearsome. History yeah. <laughs> repeats itself. We also had Fearsome Frostlass fight up, fight team beginner to winner Trez, and they won 15 to 6. Just top left was able to beat Masubi 12 to 9. Coastal Kings lost a heartbreaker to the Homeslice Hooligans 10 to 11. And finally, Weevil Knievel upsets Pallet Town Red 13 to 8. And I use the term upset because Weevil Knievel is a brand new team. Pallet Town Red is a little bit more established here in open. So I kind of had pegged Pallet Town to take the win on this one. Just scrolling down the list, like. Obviously, we're not going to call out all the scores, but I am noticing that there was nothing that added to 20, so everyone actually played out this time. That's always a fun thing. It looks like it took... Well, there is one. Thunder Squirrels and Premier Raids added up to 20, so I didn't mean to, to rain on your parade there. There's there's just so many. Look, there's that's 50. Fine. There's we, 50 teams. To go down to one matchup, that's, that is still a step in the right direction. Maybe Maybe next week we'll... We'll actually get to everyone setting their teams. <laughs> <laughs> it only took one only took one whole month. And then, you know, we'll have the break, but we'll kind of go from there. So quickly jumping into we- Weedle Knievel's team, it looks as, starting from the very top, Dark Answer lost to Hisuian Ryan 1-2. Once again, Dark Answer brought, brings a triple shadow team in Swampert, Alola Ninetales, and Machamp are all shadow, along with Toxapex, Pidgeot, and Chestnut. Hisuian Ryan brought one shadow Pokemon in Alolan Sandslash, along with the bulky Metacham, the bulky Jellicent, the incredibly wall, hard wall Umbreon, Chestnut, and Alolan Ninetales, regular. And we're seeing a continuation of 
a more offensive geared team against a more defensive geared team. But in this case, I'm seeing that the defense was able to hold firm against the hyper offense that was Dark Answer. I like the adaptation though, especially since Dark Answer ran Catacomb up until this week. So getting thrown into the open slot is is <laughs> beast of a different color. And we are seeing the the Catacomb kind of come out to play with that chestnut over there. And apparently it was good enough that it was really good because Azui and Ryan had the same idea. Although that Pidgeot looks like it had a lot of play against Chestnut, Medicham. And I'm not familiar on this one, but I think in the Jellicent matchup, because I don't think Jellicent was running Ice Beam in this one, this case. I mean, even with Bubble Surf, it can still do better than it used to. Because, yeah, Hex, Hex Bubble Beam into a Pidgeot, you're, you're not getting very far, but Surf... Or if you can actually chunk. Okay. I was going to say, with Hex Bubble Beam, you're just taking down the attack stat over and over and over again. Yeah, I mean, you're just playing Pidgeot's game at that point. <laughs> Two Feather Dances and you're done with attack. So, But yeah, looking at the rest of it, that Shadow Alolan Ninetales, I think it was running Charm, because I'm seeing Chestnut, Umbreon, and Metacham look like some really good targets for it. And even... Knowing there's another Alola Ninetales on the other side, it's a good reason to lean into Charm. And then Swampert can kind of... Swampert and Metacham. And I think Chestnut... No, it's only using Smackdown. But mainly Swampert and Metacham can kind of make sure that the Alolan Sandslash does not have a very fun time. So I think that... Are you meaning Machamp in that case? Yeah. So I'm thinking that Dark Answer, despite... The ma- this matchup on paper not doing so well was able to get a good lineup or just to get alignment needed to take at least one point off of Hisui and Ryan. Yeah, you, you had to get that Alolan Sandslash matchup correct because there were there were a lot of those that are not not looking good if they catch you. Yeah, and that's fair, but you know, good on Dark Answer for moving in from a field slot into an open because I would think opens. Open Great League is a very very difficult beast with some of the Pokemon that are there. Yeah, well, and just like the team building is, is very different, right? You're, you're moving into a point-restricted build as well as they, they always kind of become these weird metas of their own as soon as you add the, the point bracket on top of them where you get unusual things. Like the fact that there's a chestnut on both teams is, is a little, like, just from the outset feels silly, but... If you can cover into, like, we've seen a lot of the, the Jellicent come out, um, and obviously you're, you're still, you, you've got presence into the Mud Boys, which are always going to be good. Yeah, it's... And yeah you can even dent the Umbreon, like, and that's that's something that you can definitely carry over from, from Catacomb, right? Right. But yeah, that's uh, honestly looking at the the, te- the teams in itself. I I'll be the first one to say I absolutely despise point based because I am a very bad point picker. I always end up teams I always end up building are always either one over or just completely outclassed because math is hard apparently. <laughs> so I give it up to those that play in the open great league. Yeah, it's 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 different from from the other other fields for that reason, especially since they've they've really kind of doubled down on that route the last two cycles right and so do you have any final thoughts before we move on into the justicar field i think we've really 
come into a, a fun time with open where it's it's now gotten more weird to not see a shadow just to overcome the the restrictions and to me that that's enough enough extra spice that it makes it engaging just for for seeing some matchups that maybe especially if you've played open through the whole season that are that it can still be fresh is is kind of a relief that's a fair take i like that one okie dokie so Jessicar charmanderson takes a dominating 3-0 against ed 88690 charmanderson brings the trusty shadow charizard gengar como o luxray nihilego and scrafty against ed's galarian Slowking, king shadow charizard drapion como o and shadow luxray I don't, looking at this team at first glance, I don't think Charmanderson changed their team. They, they did not. Okay. That's, that's what I went and was checking. I was like, they're still unpunished for the fact they haven't changed their team at all. Because honestly, looking at the team, it's just so flexible. Being able to crawl back from, from bad leads and kind of getting either a shield advantage or switch advantage... I'm not really seeing much, like, a lot of breakpoints in this team, just on paper. And when I kind and, of... Yeah, I was I was just going to point out that the, the one thing that, because it's the same team from bout one through bout three, is there's there's no Galarian Slowking, the new hero of Jessicar, and they they don't seem to mind. <laughs> it doesn't, it hasn't phased them. Right, because even with that Galarian Slowking, if it I believe it had, gets confusion, because I know it has Hex. And so, take with what I'm about to say with a grain of salt, but if it has confusion, it I know it can beat the Gengar, barely. It can dish out super effective damage on the Como o and still hit Nihilego for a good chunk of damage. But in the same vein, Galarian Slow King isn't the bulkiest Pokemon, and it gets completely hardwalled by Scrafty. And I think... Well, no, it's taking neutral damage from Luxray Psychic Fangs because of its part Psychic type, right? Or is it yeah. still... Okay. And yet the, the Scrafty loss, at least in the one shield, isn't too bad. But it's like, when that Galarian Slowking comes off the board, the Drape... Yeah, when that Galarian Slowking gets put off the board and say, if Drapion comes in, Drapion has a little bit more... What's the easiest way to say this? has a little bit of more of a hard time being able to line itself up against Pokemon it wants to line itself up against. So I think that's what I think that's what Charmanderson's mindset was going into going into the bout was I need to get rid of that Galarian Slowking. I'm, I'm probably also overthinking it and I'm probably also overthinking and saying, Taco, you're so fixated on the Galarian Slowking. Stop. No, I I agree with you that that's I think going to be where a lot of people fixate in Justic Arts because it throws a wrench in original build for for Justicar, which was the Shadow Charizard and Tentacruel are both pretty much invalidated by it. And then Como has also been super popular and that thing also doesn't really want to see it. So we get to fall back on these electric types that were kind of doing the same job where it's like the Luxray, or you have to hope that they save the Galarian Slowking into the late game, and your Gengar, or whatever your ghost is, 
has energy to deal with it at the end of the game. Right. And this is this is a pretty neat fun fact that I learned kind of looking up Charmanderson's trainer card. He has yet to drop a single bout in just a car. Hopefully Not that his, doesn't jinx him. About he hasn't dropped a game. That's what I meant to say. A single game. He's <laughs> he's nine and zero over yeah. the, over the course of his faction's career, and that is a feat in itself. Yeah, just just rolling on through. Goodness gracious. Well, alrighty then. So, with that out of the way, we can kind of move into masters a bit. With with dazed and confused going up against JW eleven F three. So Dazed and Confused brought the Mega Gengar, Zacian, Excadrill, Gyarados, Hydreigon, and Metagross up against JW, JW's Zarud, Excadrill, Swampert, Mamoswine, Mega Gengar, and Florges. You know, right off the bat, I'm both trainers bring the Mega Gengar and both trainers bring the Excadrill, and everything else is kind of just up in the air at that point. I'm liking the Zarud a bit. Yeah, Zarud... Zarud is one of those Pokemon that I, I can't I can't wait for the shiny research. <laughs> My role was very bad. <laughs> In 2029? Yeah, you know, whenever, whenever the next Zarud movie comes out. <laughs> I didn't even know this thing existed, honestly. I thought it was a Fakemon. It is it is interesting that I think on, on JW's side, this is the first time I've, I've seen a Mega and maybe even just Gengar not be first slotted. So like, oh man, he's not running it. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> he's hiding. This he's hidden. He's hiding it and making you focus on the Zarud because everybody reads from right to left, apparently. But quite honestly, Zarud, I think, has a good matchup in Mega Gengar, assuming Mega Gengar doesn't land the Sludge Bomb. And even then, because I think he or, gets... Or run it. <laughs> that's fair. Because I think Zarud gets Power Whip and Dark Pulse, right? Yeah, it would it would be anything beyond that that I'm not familiar with. Okay. Just because those two, yeah. So it's it's just Energy Ball as yeah. an alternative. And nobody likes Energy Ball unless you're Obama Snow. Well, yeah, unless you don't have another option for grass damage, yeah. <laughs> oh, and you get Vine Whip as your fast move. Okay. Yeah, so it's a it's a proper grass type. And so kind of looking at kind of looking at Zarud, I want to focus on that for a second. Zarud with Power Whip can hurt the Gyarados and the Excadrill. Well, for neutral damage, obviously for both. But with that I think it was Dark Pulse, I think we said. <laughs> with that Dark Pulse, you can really dish out damage on Mega Gengar and Metagross. Well, and and the bigger issue is you can actually because you're a dark type resist just the ghost damage which is which has kind of been our, our talking point is all right where's your where's your ghost resist and for jw that's yeah, a rude and isn't confused went hydreigon which it's they, a choice <laughs> there's there's some of the stuff that's nice obviously it's good into the zarud so like that can't be your only answer but zarud is also going to be a little bit fearful even just into the zashun as well yeah that is something that you kind of you kind of have to think about yeah, think about because it's like, well, I have the best of both worlds, and I'm a dragon type that can deal a lot of damage, and I can hurt Mega Gengar because I'm part dark. But if there's a little bit of pixie dust put on me, I fall over faster than a razor leaf hits than a razor leaf from a shadow victory bell hits a swampert. And and this 
construction, I think, is, is something that we're going to see fairly often, just in having at least two fairy answers. Like, if you're, if you're going to lean into dragon breath damage, like, that, that was always kind of a thing with Master League, but now the Mega Gengar Excadrill combo is, is just so present, where it's like, okay, the... The fairy stuff then is taking on only the part of the team that is in the leftovers, <laughs> <laughs> because I like don't really want to mess with Mega Gengar as Lorgis because you got you got nothing for it. I mean, I guess that pushes you to run Psychic probably, just that so that you could, yeah. Whereas before it was it was pretty much just straight triple berry. That's, that's that's an interesting adaptation, I guess. Yeah, that is a thought behind. That is a really good thought behind it, quite frankly. And with even a Pokemon like Zacian, which is kind of like the Mew of the Master League, because you don't know what move it's going to run until you see it in action, and it can cha- it can change from week to week, which is a very interesting play. But I kind of applaud. I applaud Days and Confused for coming in into the Master League slot. It looks like off the bench because it's their first time jumping in on it and taking a two-one over JW. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good good first day out for the the brand new team. So looks like just on paper that it was a a nice little mashup. Right. The the tri- like the the one thing I I wonder about is if triple ground was was too much on JW's side but we'll see like it's it's to me the alternative to doubling down on on steel right i i understand that one whereas i'm wondering if if the swampert especially maybe could have or or is is somewhere to look to to maybe kind of add a little bit more threat to this team I mean, looking at Swampert, with Mudshot, you're able to deal super effective against the neutral damage onto Mega Gengar. You can also hurt the Excadrill, and you can hurt the Metagross. The problem is, with Swampert, is you have to make sure that your Swampert doesn't get put in a position where it has to overextend itself. Because when that happens, it's not pretty. Swampert just doesn't have the same presence though in in master league is is really what i'm trying to say it's like yeah it's it's a it's a nice check to excadrill for sure but as soon as you have it lined up into something like the the zashian or like the gyarados especially, especially yeah especially when there's there's so many gyarados running around because the last few cycles they've they've really been kind of the the kingpin of master league of being able to keep a lot of the new mons in check like i don't know like it feels like maybe that's the default but obviously gyarados gets hurt more by x grill so it's not doing that job but if you've got this rude and you're committed to playing it like i feel like maybe you don't need an extra excadrill check okay <laughs> say that five <laughs> times real fast <laughs> I, I am impressed i got through it one time <laughs> How does it feel to be on the other side of hook, needing hooked on phonics? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, t- I don't know if tongue twisters count. <laughs> but. You couldn't just let me have this, could you? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really just a whole 
What what's going on in Arcana? <laughs> so, they had an even split in Arcana. Flywalker got a two-one over Get Super Fractal. Flywalker brings a really interesting team in Cradley, Macargo, Shadow, Honchcrow to double down on the glassiness, I guess. Pelipper, Tyrant, and Shiftry into Super Fractals, Cofferigus, Mew, Gyarados, Pelipper, Superior, and Shadow Honchcrow as well. Shadow Honchcrow mirror. Ugh. They really wanted to go in on the attack. Athena also ran a Shadow Honchcrow, so it's three of the four Arcana teams this time were, were Shadow Honchcrow. It's in... Yeah. It's quite a, that's quite a swing. It just goes to show that I guess the Arcana field just the meta for that just hasn't been completely figured out yet. And or- just kind of talking broad strokes for, for one more one more second here, we there is only one shiftery. That is interesting compared to the the other matches that we saw, everybody was running shiftery. There are four Pelipper, so that's still a staple. As, yeah, as that that thing is a little bit too good to leave behind, but I I kind of agree that Shiftry can be very <laughs> feast or famine. Like there, even in a smaller meta like this, there's there's a few situations where it feels like Shiftry is a liability still. In this instance, on Flywalker's side, Shiftry can do well against the Cofferigus, the Mew, the Gyarados, and the Superior. Wait, not Superior. I meant to say Pelipper. Wait, I did say Pelipper. No, I didn't. You said Superior. I meant to say, okay, Cofferigus, Mew, Gyarados, and Pelipper is what I wanted to say. Superior, it can it can hit for neutral with the foul play, but the only thing it really has to watch out for is the Shadow Honchcrow, and if Mew is running, a, say, a Flame Charge or a Fury Cutter fast move, that's it looks like the only thing on paper it has to look out for. And, of course, Pelipper's Wing Attack. But if it hits with Leaf Blade, you know, that matchup can go either way. But maybe if I stopped focusing so much on the shift tree and looked at the rest of the team. <laughs> the shift tree loses to the Pelipper, though. That, that's I thought that was true. I was just confirming. Okay. At least in even scenarios. And it's kind of looking on the other side in that Macargo. I can't help but think that it was running Rock Throw for the fast move pressure onto Pelipper, Gyarados, and Honchkrow instead of the Incinerate. When you have the chance to actually delete some pokemon like yeah it's, it's super tempting to, to switch over to the, to the rock version true i mean i guess there's also the tyrant there and the cradley for the the rock support so you don't have to do it but with neither of neither of those rock types though have that immediate rock damage whereas really is just mad cargo on this team that you can use as, as fast move pressure okay and so on, I guess on this one, I kind of want to chalk it up to alignment again, because I'm not seeing a clear a clear cut winner on this one, at least on paper. I like the I like the Mad Cargo call out, and then we we've seen from our our first few weeks that that Tyrant can also just kind of throw a wrench in things by coming in and causing mayhem and not really having very many firm answers to it where it's just kind of like you can you can soft check that thing but it's it's hitting everything for neutral or better yep so if you haven't gotten a tyrant yet i would highly recommend unless you're fighting against our team (laughs) (laughs) obviously that's a joke but i mean it's just a very 
I'm not gonna say polarizing mon, but it's very much an what's the word? It's very much an upgrade over the over like not have or having one per se or not having one per se. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> Words are hard. It feels, it feels like a safe pick. Feels kind of in a same like although the dynamics are different from a Pelipper, it it feels as reliable as a Pelipper, at least how I'm seeing it so far. But I will say I hope that the Hauntros had a chance to battle it out, but I don't I don't know. Like that's that's kind of the one I don't I want to say drawback exactly, but it, it just feels like like a waste to see all these Hauntros and then imagine in my mind that they never actually showed up to a battle. Hey, they can still come back and fight. The, the shot. It's it's just scary as soon as your actual match starts. Like un- unless you you've really got a, a strong strategy incorporating them specifically, or you you've got the idea to maybe run them just game like just for one of the games, so that you can kind of catch your opponent off. off. Yeah, and and that can be beginning, middle, or end. Like setting setting yourself up for where you think your your shadow glass cannon can do the work but yeah the it's it's just it's just one of those pokemon where it's like even when it's not shadow it's just so flimsy well also kind of looking at it flywalker it looks like flywalker shot shadow honchcrow had more targets that it could pick up to land a brave bird over super fractals shadow honchcrow because correct me if i'm wrong but with shadow honchcrow using say brave bird You'll hit Cradley for neutral, Macargo for resisted, Tyrant for resisted. Everything else you'll hit for neutral or better. Except shift three, yeah. Yeah, I forgot to say or better. So I think it yeah, there there weren't there weren't rock types on Fractal's team to to resist the flying damage. So yeah, it would have been more more tempting for sure. But just just the fact that there wasn't even anything outside of the opposing Shadow Haunt grow to resist the the dark moves either like yeah i i like your your version of events where it was it was maybe too tempting to leave behind (laughs) right and so looking at the second arcana one with dubzilla and athena both of these trainers are really good battlers and kind of looking at we see dubzilla with Macargo, Pelipper, Ferrothorn, scyther mew and runarigas that scyther is looking really spicy They're so cool. Into Athena's Metacham, Cofagrigus, Meganium. Of course, you mentioned the Shadow Honchcrow, Pelipper, and Crustle. So Athena looks like they really led into the Pelipper Crustle core, kind of topped off with the Cofagrigus on one side. Versus on Dubzilla's side, they went with the Fire Water Grass core with a Bug Psychic and Ghost as support, which I think is neat. Well, and this is this is one of those where, if you're you're Dubzilla, you, you you're maybe regretting the Scyther a little bit. Like, okay, it, I, I imagine the like the main thought process behind Scyther is is just how dominant it is into Shiftry, but that that bug flying timing is such a liability. Yeah, I was gonna probably follow it up with maybe Scyther can learn Wing Attack, but no, it, it's Air Slash. Yeah, well, and it's, it's like if you go really spicy, it can get Steel Wing, and that's that's kind of the extent of the the weird stuff that it can do. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the the fact that 
Athena actually has a rock type here, I think there's a huge shift. Like, obviously, you still have to get around the, the Ferrothorn and the Rune, and even the Mew to some extent, because, like, that's... I don't think that's free, just because Mew can, can run fun things like Overheat. I kind of want to think in this one, the Mew brought, I would say, Surf and Overheat, because Surf would hurt the Crustal, and Overheat would hurt the Meganium, and... Yeah, the only thing you're missing in that is the, the Pelipper. Screw it, it's learn it's running Volt Switch as well. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> now now we got there. There we are. But you can still hit the Haunch Crow for super effective damage with Volt Switch. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> But you know that's that's Muse doing too much there now. So we have to say, okay, Runarigus hits Medicham and Coffregrigus for a super effective with the Shadow Claw and Pelipper did Pelipper things and made sure Medicham did not come out to play. <laughs> Do you, do you think Honchkrow is is too good for Athena to leave behind this in this one? Because no, it's looking a little a little good. It's looking a little. It's looking good. Yes. The only thing that I see that it would have trouble against would be the Macargo, the Rockthorn Macargo, and Ferrothorn. But everything else it can hit for neutral or better if it. And once again, I'm assuming it ran Brave Bird, because if it has Dark Pulse, then or Dark Pulse and Sky Attack like the pv poke makes it want to run well heck it's hitting everything for neutral or better at that point and so i think honch crow went in it blew up one pokemon and then it instantly got destroyed by whatever it came in that's what i'm thinking easy easy win to the ferrothorn if it's running brave bird i like that <laughs> true but okay so without Without getting bogged down too much, I want... Let's see here. I want to kind of move into the Catacomb Cup because I do see a sweep down there. But I want to know, do you have any last-minute comments on these two teams? No, I, I think for the amount... I want to even speak to both of the Arcanus slots that for the amount of, of spice that was integrated, I feel like these teams ended up like in both matchups being, being fairly well balanced like there were there were kind of some potential standouts but there were also some kind of adaptive reactions that could have been made as well so it was it really came down to some actual actual play it wasn't just all on paper <laughs> well alrighty then so in the catacomb field we had rj go up against timarap rj brings the Beedrill, Tyrant, Chestnut, Sableye, Barbarical, and Frostlass against Timoraps, Beedrill, Umbreon, Jumpluff, Quillfish, Sudowoodo, and Frostlass. We haven't really seen much Quillfish. No, and that's mainly due to... Actually, what is it mainly due to? Why don't we see too much Quillfish? <laughs> it was it was picked out early on as, as one of potential like hard answers to the Sudowoodo. Because it knows, especially, especially since you could also like run the ice beam to take on what was expected to be pretty popular in the jump left. But um, I, I think it's just been in hot competition against some of some of the other newcomers to Catacomb, like Samurott. Like yeah, like like Samurott, or or even that's that's also the slot that could potentially have another rock type in or another dark type has been 
how a lot of the team building is long. Obviously, I need to get better at my catacomb with my catacomb picks because that is that's a fun time. <laughs> insert O three ma- insert O three joke here. But kind of looking at at RJ's team, I was very surprised that RJ did not bring an Umbreon or a Sudowoodo and was still able to get the victory. I'm kind of chalking it up to the Chestnut, Beedrill, and Frostlass a little bit. And heck, even the... It looks like all the, these Mons look really good into Timurab's team. Because if you take out the, the Beedrill and the Frostlass on each side, you know, Tyrant into... Tyrant hitting everything for neutral. Chestnut deleting Umbreon and Sudowoodo. Barbarical hitting Jump Pluff for super effective with Stone Edge. And Umbreon with Cross Chop. It's it's kind of a toss up. I would I would be surprised if, if Chestnut showed up, honestly, just because it's so it's it's really vulnerable to the two that you kind of excluded from the beginning. Oh. <laughs> the Beedrill Frostlass are not a fun time, and then even jump up they can't do anything too. So that's that's already I was trying to level the playing field. <laughs> <laughs> well and so Chestnut is one of those that is is kind of in a similar spot to Quillfish, where its its main draw is that it actually resists rock damage, which is fairly rare in Catacomb. There's there's only a very short list of Pokemon that resist rock, and, and that's that's why you will start if you haven't already seeing some of those rock types opt for rock fast move damage mm-hmm. because they know they can actually do some damage with it. <laughs> Fair. Okay. Yeah, I, I like your I like your barbarical call. And then personally, I find Sableye is performing better than anticipated in, in general. Especially just being able to if it doesn't outright win a matchup, like it's it's setting up whatever is going to come in next to pull off a sweep. And Beedrill's doing its its standard catacomb thing of like threatening drill run into a lot of things that don't want to see it. Everything is threatened by Beedrill for the most part. Yeah, well, and that's that's also then the side advantage of Sableye is it's also an answer to Beedrill that's that's fairly reliable, and that's maybe something that players picked up a little bit more from Ionic Cup last month. Mm, okay, when. When Beedrill was especially running wild. (laughs) That's fair. Okay, and I'm going to move on to the last spot because I do see a very interesting team comp. Unfortunately, it came in on the losing side to another to a a triple dark core that we saw a little bit of last week. Hasank and Angry Bunny Man squared off. Hasank brought the Chestnut Sableye Frostlass Umbreon, but they also but they also switched up. And brought Cradley and Alolan Muck from their teammate. And Angry Bunny Man brought Tyrant, Umbreon, Mandibuzz, Jump Pluff, Lurantis, and Alolan Muck. And so kind of looking at... And I think I need to be reminded of this. Lurantis gets access to Fury Cutter, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it has, it, it's usually the Fury Cutter, Leaf Blade, Superpower. Mm-hmm. So with, with this one, Fury Cutter hits Chestnut for neutral... Because the fighting type is resisted, the grass is super effective. Yeah. But I know it's hitting Umbreon for super effective damage. And I think it's hitting Alolan Muck for neutral. 
because yeah, Fury Cutter super effective against Dark, but it's is it super effective again? Or no, is it neutral or resisted into poison? Now well, that it's it's neutral overall. So what does that mean? It's one is super effective and one is resisted. Yeah. Yay! You there? You got it. I'm learning. Watching, listening to Taco put the gear, the gears turn a little bit is a little funny. Okay, so kind of looking at Lurantis, if it gets away from the Frostlass, it looks like it could have done really, really well in this instance. Because looking at the Mandibuzz, aside from being super weak to the opposing Frostlass, with Mandibuzz, Jump Pluff, Lurantis, and Tyrant taking super effective damage from it. You, that kind of leaves Alolan Muck and Umbreon as your only, as really your only answers for Frostlass. How did Angry Bunny Man win? <laughs> so the Mandibuzz matchup into Frostlass is is kind of a wash. It's it's not pleasant for for either side. Oh really? Yeah. Because I think because I was looking at the Chestnut and thinking, okay, Mandibuzz is running Air Slash, and so that's where I kind of based my thought, my theory behind it. But it could also run Snarl and just spam out Aerial Ace, I guess. That works too. Yeah, well, and that, that version still beats Chestnut. Oh, it does. Handily. Okay. Yeah. Today I learned. But yeah, so looking at this mishmash in itself, I, yeah. Jet, how did Angry Bunny Men win? <laughs> just just that, that strong strong rotation you're talking about, where as, as soon as you find the Frostlass, so... It, it might be a case of you have to bait it out with Mandibuzz, where you just safe swap Mandibuzz and you kind of deal with whatever comes out on the other end. Okay. Golly. All right, then. So I guess would it be safe to say that Angry Bunny Man was able to pivot the the weaknesses of Frostlass around Frostlass to secure a win? I confused myself saying that just now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think you pointed out how effective Lurantis was going to be, and then especially buddied up with with something like the Mandibuzz. Like there was then the the flexibility to either Brion or maybe Tyrant to hold down just just a little bit of extra neutral damage. Okay, but I suspect here that it would have been the Umbreon direction just for a little bit more bulk like especially if you're playing around Lorantis which is fairly flimsy to have the two dark tanks behind it like that's that's gonna help you out in the long run okay that that make that does make a lot of sense which which isn't to say that Hasank didn't have play it was like obviously there there had to be a lot of planning just to get around the Frostlass itself so and I think Hasank knew like it was a good matchup I think Hasank knew that I, the way I'm kind of looking at it, if I'm in Hasank's mind for a second, the way I'm looking at it is if my Frostlass hits the field and I bring Pokemon that can support Frostlass, I can take this game really easily. Yeah, there's there's just a few situations that would get tricky just in, in the remaining matchups themselves where it's like, okay, dude, after you've committed to bring Frostlass, like, do, do you put it in the front? Do you... <laughs> and what are what are your Umbreon answers? Because that's then your your biggest hurdle is okay. Do you 
Do you try to get it stuck in the mirror situation with your own Umbreon? Do you play Cradilly, which is like sort of a win? Or just Poison Jab Muck? Which, I mean, is, is obviously also good into the Lorantis. That's fair, honestly. Yeah, I'm thinking the, the Chestnut has a hard time here also, just because, again, like, it's it's mainly there for to deal with Thamorot and Sudowoodo, and neither of them showed up. Or, or even beyond that, the Alolan Rocks, where it's just like, well, <laughs> I, I'm here, but the rest of my party is not. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so before I short-circuit from trying to think of other ways that Hasenk was able to win, I kind of am ready to do a preview into bout four of open, if you are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Fearsome Frostlass is going to go, is going to fight up against the Northeast Battler's Buzzwolves. Once again, the Buzzwolves are part of the Northeast Battler Dynasty Empire that they're trying to do. Weevil Knievel gets to fight Zero to Hero Gaiman. Just top left and home size hooligans are going to square off. I know the, these are going to, that should be a really good match. And finally, Michigan PvP and beginner to winner part do. I don't read French, it's hard. <laughs> no, that was that was bout number four. Are going to square off. And then Roselark Bow and Remember the Armaldo are going to square up. So even though Roselark Bow lost, they're still in the top. They're still in the top 10, it looks like. But I know that a lot of teams are gunning for them. Is is Remember the Armaldo also at uh, 2-1 right now? Maybe. Yes. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, they... What's it called? They lost a, a game. They lost so, a home size hooligan 10-19. Yeah, it's it's everybody else's. Or undefeated, right? Is Michigan? Yeah, Michigan is. And then their opponent might not be. So there are seven undefeated teams left. Rostock Bow, Coastal Kings, Nerdy Birds, Sky Attack, Cavaliers, Sweaty PV, Eevees, Coastal, Masubi. Just a bunch of teams have lost one. I'm not going to name all of them because we'd be here all okay. night. This is, this is actually Swiss breaking down a little bit again, where beginner to winner part part due is, is at zero wins right now, or zero bout wins, I should say. So oh. they, they've been thrown into the the wood chipper top, top eight just to, yeah, just to round out the number. All right. Bout four. We're already having the Swiss algorithm breakdown. This is a new record. But I mean, at, at this point with the self arena kind of having some glitches with the late starts and the battle teams being what's the word being revealed before they were supposed to and then the battle team's not saving when the team's locked <laughs> these were th- stuff yeah. that did not get we did not report on last week because there was just so much yeah. but yeah, that would have been something to include at the beginning of this episode but this is a fine time to talk about yeah it's like let's not do any of that this week so as of right now everything is working as as normal we're also in an we're also in an even bout number, so I'm waiting for bout five for when things go off the rails. So I mean, we, we at least will still have three teams coming out of this week undefeated, so that'll that'll be fun. But this is looking like our our most likely set of teams to move up already, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Fierce and Frostlass is putting kind of making a name for themselves. 
Weedle Knievel is, is, a, is a very good upstart. Same with Zero to Hero. I think Home Slice Hooligans, this might be their time to shine. Being able to take down a recently relegated slash disbanded team in Coastal Kings. The Roslog Bow's up there. Notorious Noctowls and Nerdy Birds are also up there. So it's still too close to call. Yet. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Is it is it iron time? Oh, it is definitely iron time. So before we address the giant elephant in the room with the Sub-Zero NM PV... Actually, no, we'll just jump into it. So it looked like iron tier was going to be this week's coin flip tier. Grievard Underdogs was able to beat Island Guardians 12 to 9. Swell Sprouts upset the Bastodons 10 to 11. Sub-Zero puts a clinic on and beats NM PVP 19 to 2. Queen Bees beat Testudo Skills 13 to 8. And Gumi University takes down the Dojo Comrades 12 to 9. So we're about a third of the way through the bout. We have two undefeated teams that are on a collision course towards each other in Grievard Underdogs and Sub-Zero. And then Bastodons and Queen Bees take up the third and fourth slot with Gumi University being that spoiler and locking up that fifth spot being exactly one point ahead of Swellsprout and the rest of the field. Who's our Iron King again? Queen Bees. <laughs> oh yeah. I was like, we did Sub-Zero last time. Yeah, so we're not doing Sub-Zero again. So we're going to talk about the Queen Bees on this one. Starting at the top, Bowling Bacon. There's a Bastodon. There's... <laughs> Bowling Bacon was unfortunately took a 1-2 loss with Bowling Bacon's Pelipper, Jellicent, Metacham, Frostlass, Alolan Ninetales, and Mew up against a Trevenant, Bastodon, Alolan Ninetales, Cradley, Whiskash, and Skarmory. And that team was Ring, Ring G, Wapow. Oh, hey, there's a Zero here. I know because it's a shadow pilot's one. You said what now? <laughs> There's a wild Zerua. <laughs> oh, you're in your game. Yeah. I was like, Zerua? I don't see a Zerua on the team selections. No, not not that. Okay. So looking at this team, Wapo unfortunately brings the Iron Face Bastard on the undisputed most disliked Pokemon in Great League. And that's about all I really have for it. That's that's probably the only thing I'll say about it. But it did have play up against the Pelipper, the Frostlass, the Alolan Ninetales, with the super effective Smackdown damage. And the only answers I'm seeing is Medicham and Jellicent. Yeah, it, it's kind of sitting at a at a four two. It's just like <laughs> you know what the you know what the worst even, part? Even Jellicent is like iffy sometimes. Yeah, you know what the worst part in this is? Bastodon is one of those Pokemon where it can do everything. Because all you do is tap, 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 tap. You don't even have to throw a charge move. You can just tap all the way down if you wanted to. Yeah, why why waste that valuable smackdown damage on a charge move? <laughs> why let your opponent use a shield? I don't know. Gosh, I just hate Bastodon so much. Honestly, props to Bowling Bacon. You are the you are the winner in my book for taking a game off. And I'm going to say that game was against the Bastodon, because I just hate Bastodon that much. Even though I don't... It was, it was, it was a good read, though, right? Like... <laughs> I do have to... Okay, I'll give Wapo that. But still, F Bastodon. Arm also looking pretty good. So it's like, they, they just... Deal, deal really was, was handy in this matchup. Yeah, it really was. 
The only thing could probably answer is if that Mew had Flame Charge and Grass Knot. It's fun trying to guess these Mew sets. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's and it's more like I, I think you are in a weird spot because Standard Mew with Surf and Wild Charge is best into the steel, but then you're looking at Double Grass, which is notoriously bad there where it's 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 all and even your kind of saving grace move that i've seen people use of of running like the focus blast so you can actually kind of play play possum into the bastiodon where it's like oh no locked in my new against your bastiodon i can't do anything just kidding (laughs) call an ambulance call an ambulance but not for me yeah well Anyway, the end of the end of that statement is because one of the grass types happens to be Trevenant. Like it's still like it still leaves you in a weird spot. Like there isn't a magical perfect move set here. No, kind of like last time. Yeah, you're right on this one. But ugh, I just I want to move on from this one. It's just, <laughs> my hate for Bastiodon is so strong. I don't even want to cover the rest of this team. <laughs> Angry, but no, we still have to. We have a duty to uphold. <laughs> It's it's a nice it's a nice build. The the question then becomes like okay what 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 could, did did Bully Bacon have clues that maybe this was going to be a problem? Like I mean I would probably it did, it did run it week in about one so maybe but I'm just gonna say it Walpo or Testudo skills lost because Bastardon was brought. <laughs> yeah, but the player the player has won both times they brought bastion well you know what the team lost <laughs> the one this one time all right i'll stop being toxic for the sake of for the sake I of guess, this. i guess the i guess the one thing we can wonder about is if bowling bacon had the team glitch or if they just ran the same team as last week like we we might not have all the info you know i really it looks like it looks like they they run similar teams pretty often so it like it, it is it is possible they just locked in the same team and uh this was a <laughs> taking advantage of a likely repeat i really hate the fact that you brought that up because now it's like uh but fine <laughs> we don't even know okay i'm going into justicar okay <laughs> So we had Shadow Shadow Win 04 against Blaziken fans. Shadow Win 04 brings the Galarian Slowking, Scrafty, Charizard, Cobalion, Drapion, and Como into Galarian Slowbro, Tentacruel, Shadow Luxray, Drapion, Scrafty, and Alolan Raichu. So neither of them are repeat teams, so can rest easy. These were actual teams. So we have a double poison court, double poison into or no triple poison into double poison double fighting how does the slow bro hold up into the slow king so i can i'll let you know from my time in the psychic cup galarian slow bro can beat galarian slow king if it spams out surf but galarian slow king can flip the matchup if it lands a shadow ball yeah well there there's a few things i'm just gonna interject about about that particular comparison number number one being like just the bulk is very different and then also move set where your glaring slowbro here is is likely on the on the confusion train this time where in psychic cup most of them were poison jab oh 
That's true. But I mean, with Galarian Slowking, you could run in, you could run Hex and still do super effective damage versus Galarian Slowbro, even if you ran Confusion, you were only doing neutral damage. So that's why I kind of think that Galarian Slow King is a better Galarian Slow Twin than the other one. But I do see an argument to be made for, well, no, because Hex can hurt Galarian Slowbro and the Alolan Raichu. And then Tentacruel gets walled by Cobalion and, and Como. So I see, I don't see a reason for Galarian Slow King to run Confusion. I mean, this sh that Shadow Luxray there had some play into the Charizard. And if it could land the Psychic Fangs on the Como, it looked like it could do some damage there. But kind of looking at this, I kind of see a, an advantage to Shadow's team. We are kind of getting to a point, though, where I'm wondering how long we're going to keep seeing Charizard. Just when so much of the field is just kind of geared to deal with it. <laughs> uh, like okay yeah even even if they're bringing Slowbro like you can assume it has the Surf just because that's its spammy move now and then the the Tentacruel and the double Electric types like that's that's unpleasant <laughs> and then Drapion Shadow Drapion Aqua Tails also doing a bunch where it's really the only comfortable spot for Charizard here is into the Scrafty which I mean may, maybe it shows up maybe it doesn't like <laughs> well I mean like with Shat with not even just Shadow Charizard, with Charizard in itself, it is such a force because it can reliably handle the seal types that happen to be in play. Except the Togedemaru matchup. I don't know about that matchup entirely. But just like Wing Attack, Wing Attack Charizard can still hit Scrafty for super effective and hit Como for super effective as well as double up that Dragon Claw. I mean, yeah, a lot of teams might be wanting to try to build around Charizard, but Charizard is kind of that Pokemon that can draw the attention there so the rest of the team around it can flourish. Is what I'm starting to notice in the, in like, as we get further and further into the cycle of Justicar. I didn't break Jet, did I? <laughs> Not broken, just trying to decide if I agree with you oh <laughs> my my like impulse reaction is is just to say that charizard i don't think is going to be as as influential as it has been like it's 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 hard to look at now whatever like both of the justicar matchups had charizard winning right mm -hmm. but, i mean also last time it was on both teams i think but uh i i just i can't help thinking especially after seeing a team with five charizard counters that there's room to maybe drop charizard for about and have that kind of be a mode switch where if, if people are over prepared for it and then it doesn't show up similar similar to the the stranded chestnut in in catacomb that we talked about where it's just like <laughs> it so some of these are, are there for that reason so if if you have better answers or or just have another type coverage that you that you'd like to sub in there i i wouldn't be surprised if, if that's something we see more often gotcha okay that does make a lot of sense actually where in this case shadowwind's team is, is maybe as weak to charizard as we're likely to see right Actually, you—that's one hundred percent right. 
Charizard Cobalt. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not seeing a definitive answer to it. Except, I mean, outside the Slow King and it, then yeah. Aqu Aqua Tail Drapion, but then that frees you up like your other Mon to kind of do that. So it, it was definitely a gamble, but in this time it looked like it paid off really well. But okay, so yeah, I don't think we're done seeing the evolution of Justicar. Honestly, if the medic evolves week to week, that's when you know that the arena team has done a really good job. I just, I hope, I hope the Ultra League players are, are still enjoying their much faster games. <laughs> Fair. Okay, so moving on into the Master League. We have Emma Five Cents and LW Josh lining up. And for the first time in the Master League bouts that we fight, that we look at, neither team brought a Mega Gengar. Woo! Emma Five Cents brings Gyarados, Mega Caesar, Ho-Oh, Exedrill, Hydreigon, and Florges into Josh's Mega Salamence, Ursaluna, Mewtwo, Excadrill, Sylveon, and Hydreigon. So I know this that Mega Scizor had a lot of play with the Fury Cutter Night Slash combo. Or did I just stick my foot in my mouth because Mega Scizor can't learn Fury Cutter? Pretty sure it can. Oh, I mean Scizor can. I don't. I don't know if Fury Cutter is, is the way that you want to go. Still, like pretty okay pretty, pretty pretty partial to the comet punches okay fine bullet anyway. <laughs> that was like bullet punch into night slash and iron head or it can learn x scissor though yeah but why x scissor when you can go for boosts because I'm, I'm trying to see what can take down that sylveon reliably other than the excadrill the mega scissor is fine oh, okay bullet punch okay that makes okay we'll go with that <laughs> but just to kind of keep our theme going from other open master league coverage there there may not physically be mega gengar on either team but you feel its presence yeah both both teams have <laughs> three answers to it at least where it's 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 definitely made an impact and that's that's how the teams are being built like the the biggest surprise i think is is the mewtwo and we're seeing our first mega settlements Mega Salamence is a B. It was a force when it came onto the scene last cycle. And my only, the only reason why we're not seeing it a lot this this cycle is because Mega Gengar and Mega Salamence share the same slot. So that's what I'm kind of attributing it to. Yeah, if you're, if you're going to run a Mega that counts for four points, like there's kind of a clear push towards joining Team Gengar or Team Caesar, right? Right. So in this case... It looks like El it looks like Josh's team was just a little bit more flexible in trying to adapt to the no Mega Gengar because that Mega Salamence because I think Mega Salamence gets access to Fire Fang. No, it's Fire Blast and Dragon Tail. It also gets Fire Fang. Okay, then ignore what I just said. <laughs> with the Fire Fang, oh, you can. Both things are true. Okay, so with the Fire Fang, you threaten the Mega Scizor and the Excadrill, but with Dragon Tail. Well, actually, no, you don't really need Dragon Tail because you have Sylveon and Hydreigon as answers to the opposing Hydreigon. With the Excadrill being very threatening with that Rock Slide into the Ho-Oh and Gyarados. And then Mewtwo and Ursaluna can... I'm not going to say you can chill on the bench, but don't really see a lot of play for them because they're either hitting resisted or neutral damage. I think, I think Mewtwo is a tough bring... Especially since you you can 
pretty well expect the, the Caesar to show up. The Hello is is nice coverage just in general. Like nothing really wants to tank a Brave Bird from Ho. It's like even even the Salamence it's gonna dent. Yeah, that is a big that's a big no for me. <laughs> and then with with there being that steel fire as as the likely kind of go to from from Emma, like does does the Sylveon show up? Like the answer is definitely maybe. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Just just the the stats from Mega Salamence and Ursaluna could have been the the pressure makers, and then have Excadrill for for cleanup operations. Okay. Just as kind of a base strategy, but I I'm I'm tempted to agree with you as far as Mega Salamence running the the fast move would would definitely change things, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Um, super dominant with fire fang into the steels then but you open yourself up to all four of the rest of the team that way but again like the mega salmon stats are just so high that you might be able to get away with it that one is again one i'm not super familiar with right right and that and that's honestly a lot really fair point to make and but with with momentum of master league just getting that Salamence, like regardless of what fast move they ran, onto the right thing at the right time, like it doesn't take a lot to swing a Master League match, and just having that unknown hanging over the match <laughs> can, can be enough. Right. Okay. So, with that being said, I appreciate you being able to decipher that instead of me, because I would be here all day, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm noticing a pattern that you like to try to lean toward fury cutter where it's like i i feel like most of the time caesar is is opting for the steel fast damage to deal with i think it's also because i don't i think it's because i also don't play megas or play caesar that much i was gonna say play mega caesar but i don't play in the master league it's my week off still and so kind of looking at that i'm just kind of thinking to myself well no what about because even like scissors in the in the great league when it's eligible, I I'll try to use it and then I'll get mad and I'll just like put it back on the bench and use it for something else. And, and I will say I, I have used it at least the shadow version in great league a few times. And to me, just that extra pressure of knowing you'll be doing damage with your fast move is mm-hmm. is nice. It's like yeah, fury cutter gets you more charge moves, but if you're fishing for boosts and it's going towards fury cutter it's it's not as game changing as if you're you're running the the steel okay i appreciate that insight <laughs> we like fast move pressure on our on our attack weighted pokemon okay moving on into the arcana field and another even split yeah and we're seeing another shadow honchkrow so solaria went up against Jet Mew, and Solaria brings the Mew, Pelipper, Shadow Gyarados, Shiftry, Ferrothorn, and Haunter into Pelipper, Shiftry, Shadow Honchkrow, Runarigus, Alolan Marowak, and Superior. You know, honestly, right off the bat, I want to say that Haunter almost definitely had Ice Punch. Why? It just feels right. Yeah, it gives you options to hit everything. Which is which is nice on the haunter to at least be getting something out of it. 
Right, and you should be able to catch Shiftry off guard because, like, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna shield a Shadow Punch. Oh, it's Ice Punch, and my Shiftry's gone. Yeah, and well, and not being pressured to go that extra Shadow Claw for a Sludge Bomb is a little bit of a relief off of your your super squishy Haunter. <laughs> yeah. Although the Alolan Marowak looks like it was a really good play into the Shiftry and Ferrothorn on the other side if it brought if it ran Fire Spin. The only Pokemon I'm seeing that would have given Jet Mew a little bit of trouble would be Solaria's Shadow Gyarados. And with all that being said, I forget that Solaria was the one that won. We should be looking at it through the eyes of the winner. <laughs> It's 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 good to look at the matchup though from from both sides to to see kind of what the the focal points become because then that will shift what actually shows up to a battle. But yeah, I I was mm-hmm. gonna even point out that Shadow Gyarados is is fairly nice here. It's it's really maximizing on what makes Tyrant good. <laughs> it's, it's just that that extra dragon move pressure. And even with Pelipper coming in with the wing attack being able to threaten the Shiftry and Superior, and then Weatherball can threaten the Runarigus and the Alolan Marowak. Yeah, waters waters are looking good. And that kind of... Like, honestly, with looking at Solar in Solaria's eyes, if Pelipper and Gyarados are the focal points, that would free up, you know, the Haunter that we had talked about at the beginning to kind of come in. Or even, heck, even the Shiftry looks like it could have done a lot of work or Ferrothorn to do Ferrothorn things. Yeah, the the Pharaoh double double water seems seems like a likely setup or like you said, Haunter Haunter or Mew can kinda of do the same thing. Shiftry just seems like it maybe wouldn't be as reliable, but especially since eff- effectively the thing that's gonna give you the most trouble is the opposing Pelipper and Shiftry doesn't always help with that. Gotcha. Okay. Or at least I, I would like the Ferrothorn better. That is a a plausible solution. Or a thought behind it. Excuse me. I'm looking at trying to pull up the second one. My, my internet decided to go kaput for a second. <laughs> so we had Zayme into OSP. <laughs> but but Taco has not left. Taco has not left the planet yet. So so Pelipper or sorry, Zayme brought the Pelipper, Tyrant, Lurantis, Gengar. Now that's a that's a a choice shiftry and crustal into ospeets or ospeets shadow jump Pluff. that's expensive driftbrim bronzong ferrothorn honchkrow and malamar i wish i could use my shadow jump Pluff and catacomb <laughs> to have that one built step one have a million stardust lying around step two profit <laughs> have, have shadows be allowed so in so in this case Zayme's team looks really... I can't even... I don't even know where to start on it. It looks like OSP had a really good read with the double steel being able to kind of tank damage from that Tyrant and Crustal and Pelipper while we're at it. And Lurantis. <laughs> yeah, and Zayme has been running kind of a similar setup. They, they just swapped out Relicanth for the Shiftry. Mm. I figured it would have been a different Pokemon, honestly, that would fill the role that Relicanth would fill. But hey, if it got a point on it, which is a really good, which is a really good thing. 
And, you know, the, the Haunch Crow on OSP's side is looking really good with two grass users. And assuming it had Snarl, well, let's be honest, it's only running Snarl because why would you run Peck in being able to put some pressure on Gengar because it is incredibly glassy in the Great League? Well, it's just glassy overall, but... Yeah. <laughs> so in this case, I'm, I'm kind of looking at it like if you ran the... If you want it to be a degenerate stall user, you can use the two steel types and then Honchcrow for super nuking. And I think that looks like it was the play for, for Pete's team. At very least, the only reliable Bronzong answer for Zeme was Shiftry. And so that kind of gives you an idea just of the of the balance. Right. Like, okay, well, if, if they're obligated to bring Shiftry... Honchcrow stocks go up. Malamar is also looking pretty good here just because the the steals help so much keep those bug type moves just out of the equation. Right. Okay. Or, or at very least it's it's another layer of hey, don't don't bring your Gengar. <laughs> oh, we're going to punish you for it. Yeah. yeah. That Gengar is doing nothing for you, I promise. <laughs> doing its best you know yeah. well and even even the tyrant that we we've talked about as kind of one of the the kings of doing neutral damage is is not allowed to do it that's fair okay so they so in this case the arcana field was an even split and like catacomb was just complete domination from mama climbs and metaboo yeah that's where we get our our five point separation is down in catacomb so Mama Climbs brought a pretty meta team, and it looks very reminiscent to a team that I ran, but I got destroyed. <laughs> Against, it was Umbreon, Sudowoodo, Samurott, Frostlass, Beedrill, and Jumpluff into Tyrant, Umbreon, Galvantula, Chestnut, Alolan, Muck, and Frostlass. So right off the bat, kind of looking at, kind of looking at the flexibility of Mama Climbs' team, and you know there's that tyrant again which i really hate seeing <laughs> i mean this is this is the meta the meta team feeling a little bit like it's proving why it's the meta team yeah honestly you know umbreon into frostlass pseudo counter pseudo into umbreon tyrant alolan muck fury cutter samurott into umbreon and doing neutron alolan muck frostlass once again Whenever Frostlass becomes is in a limited meta, it is very good. Beedrill, yeah. There's not much that can really be said. Each each Pokemon covers at least two covers at least two Pokemon on Toast Mortem's team. And Toast Mortem just not bringing a Sudowoodo of their own also I feel is kind of hurting here. Where yeah, I Tyrant the damage is is unresisted, but there's there's a lot more bulk here just in general, especially between Umbreon and Jumpluff, where it's it's one of those yield great league truisms where <laughs> you, can, you, you can just outlast on the bulk. Right. And it, to me, the, the difference maker, though, is that Samurott can give everything on Toast Mordom's team issues. It's like even even if you're if you don't win cleanly, like you're you're doing a dent in everything. <laughs> that's 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 the kind of situation that Samurott loves to see. Yeah, that's true. But okay, 
So let's also now move into the final spot in meta boost and meta boost team, excuse me, where I'm not really sure what the opponent was bringing, to be honest, because these are some Pokemon I've never seen before, other than the Umbreon, Galvantula, and Barbarical. But Metabu brings Ariados, Sudowoodo, Zwilus, Umbreon, Frostlass, and Samurott into Celio, Umbreon, Galvantula, Barbarical, Alolan Graveler, and Lorantis. And, you know, quite honestly, like, the opponent, or Metabu bringing in Ariados does a really good job, because I think Ariados beats Galvantula in the even shields, because you can get to cross poison fast, or... I mean, if you're running Lunge Megahorn, you can get to Galvantula's... You can get to your fast moves before Galvantula can. And then Sudowoodo had a lot of play into Celio, Umbreon, Barbarical, and Alolan Graveler, which kind of just led the rest of the team just go nuts, it looks like. I'm pretty sure this is our first time seeing Zwilus pop up. Like, it's one of those from Vanilla Catacomb that still is decently high on the rankings but as far as the things that it actually deals with like it's it doesn't do super well into the actual metamons but pretty much everything else that's just included in the pool it, it does pretty well into mm -hmm. or i guess the significant one is umbreon is kind of the the one reliable thing that it can do well against or, or even maybe a little graveler like um blanking a little bit on it just because like it it sits in that not actually bulky slot yeah so it like at least on paper it's barely coming out ahead of Olin Graveler and it's it's kind of just working as a anti-dark so also throwing in Sableye in there but as a dark type <laughs> it's not being beating Frostlass it's it's not got kind of the the secondary pieces that Sableye or Mandibuzz have to help it against the bugs so it's, it's just it's just in a weird spot as a pick and, and I mean I'm just being nitpicky about <laughs> Catacomb at this point but it like might push Hoss like towards the Barbarical I guess like that was that was kind of their 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 best answer to that whole setup but yeah this this just looks like a, a tough one honestly yeah oi you hate <laughs> i'm mostly spending this much time talking about zwilus right now just because i'm curious if metabo will bring it again let's hope it's, she does <laughs> it's it's one of those picks that i like feel like the competition for slots on catacomb teams is is pretty fierce like you, there's there's a lot of threats that do kind of unique things, and I, I feel like Metabo just had had all all of the team pressure in the world, where like almost almost any combination was like even if they lined up perfectly, like it was <laughs> it, it was gonna be tough. And that's fair. Okay, so going into the preview for the Iron Tier, Grievard Underdogs is going to. I think this this is a rematch from last time. But Grievard Underdogs is going to fight Inglorious Bastodons, and no, it's not a rematch. They didn't fight. They were they were in the, the open pool last time together, so it's yeah, it's about it's about time. Yeah, <laughs> Sub Zero gets to face off against the Island Guardians. The Queen Bees are will be fighting Swell Sprouts, Dojo Comrades, and NM PVP 
get a rematch from last time from last cycle and Gumi University is going up against Testudo Skills. We wish each one of these teams the best of luck. And honestly, looking real quick, looking at the standings. Oh yeah, I already, I already said the standings. Never mind. Boopy doopy doop. So best of luck to each one of these teams, and may the best trainers win. So now we get interesting. Be interesting to see if we still have two undefeated teams after this week. Or... I'm honest. I'm honestly hoping that they do, just because I want the two undefeated teams to face off for the championship bout. But I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> copper tier. <laughs> so in the copper tier, we had another very close week, with the exception of once again SoCal Swablu San Diego, which leads me to have some questions that I may or may not ask sooner or later. But for a quick wrap-up, we had Barktown Boomers take a 14-7 victory over Pioneer Valley PvP. Dinair Don't Care finally gets on the win column, beating the Utah Pokemon Rangers 11-10. It came down to the very last bout, and I could not sleep that weekend, but it's okay. Busta Mime unfortunately loses a heartbreaker to Northeast Battlers Winter Vortex. The Orlando Faction loses to Battle Boys 18-3. And SoCal Swablu... 13-8. Yeah, 13-8, excuse me. <laughs> I can't math. It's, <laughs> I can't read either. What can Taco do? Tap. And finally, SoCal Swablu San Diego beats Spices Right 19-2. Oh my word. Yeah. Would have been less impressive if there was also an 18-3 in there, but... <laughs> not, not so. So, it's a... I kind of want to dive, like, I kind of don't want to follow any of these teams because it's like, we might miss something. Oh, here's, here's an interesting, here's an interesting thing in the Northeast Battlers and Busta Mime and Busta Mime matchup for Open League. A Salazzle was bought, brought, but a, <laughs> Naruto the Six brings Altaria, Tapofini, Lorantis, Vigoroth, Swampert, and Salazzle into RAR books. Alola, Ninetales, Trevenant, Gliscor, Galarian, Stunfizz, Jellicent, and Galvantula. I'm just calling out the Salazzle, even though I know it was an 3 But that's a pretty neat pick. You don't see too many of those in the open Great League. Uh, I still have yet to hatch a female Salandit. The only the only reason I have a Salazzle even registered is because I, I had a Salandit traded. I need to do that, honestly. I, I've quit just hunting the eggs at this point but there's an egg event coming up there's an egg themed tournament happening right now that season the season of eggs so we're about to get whiplash for a second (laughs) he's moved over into the Orlando faction and the battle boys matchup and ben tucky brought a zekrom and dark quark brought a regice which are two Pokemon you generally don't see in Justicar. Yeah, when you said Zekrom, I, I went and looked at Master League. I was like, wait, no, that's not the name there. No, Battle Bill and Michelle brought some pretty decent... I mean, they both brought Mega Gengar. But we see do see the Sylveon on Michelle's team. And Battle Bill... You know, I, I'm seeing a lot of more High Dragon use in the Open Master League. And you did allude to it by saying the... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? By saying that you are looking for the Mega Gengar and the Mega and two Mega Gengar checks, usually in the form of Excadrill and Hydragon. 
Yeah, or, or some other normal or dark type. And, and here they have both with the Snorlax. Yep. <laughs> Golly. I'm looking... Now I'm going to move to SoCal Swablu. Because aside from sweep them sweeping everything except Catacomb, I kind of want to know why. Like, why didn't they 21-0 if they were already out in front by so many points? So it looks like Calidad Cali brought... In the first catacomb slot brings Mandibuzz, Iridos, Superior, Celio, Sudowoodo, and Drapion into Lawn Guy Landers, Beedrill, Lapras, Cradley, Pangoro, Alolan Muck, and Sableye. Out of all the mons here, Beedrill and Sudowoodo are the only quote unquote meta picks. I am I wonder if SoCal Swablu is just playing 4D chess while we're all just playing 3D chess. <laughs> This is, I think, the first matchup where we've seen two of the water ices pop up against each other. Right, but but Kalidad's Sudowoodo looks like it had more play on the opposing team because of Counter being able to hit the Lapras, Cradley, Pangoro, and Alolan Muck for decent damage, no? At least in the even scenarios, the Pangoro has a pretty decent win over the Sudowoodo. I, I like it in general here like it, it's a little trickier just because lawn guys only like firm answer to mandibuzz is the lapras it's like cradle is okay but i feel like you can you can just get away with a lot with the mandibuzz <laughs> that's true you can you can you can enable especially yeah, especially the pseudo Udo. i was gonna say in this case the mandibuzz i think would probably be better off running air slash for the Beedrill and Pangoro to kind of free up Sudowoodo a little bit more. Yeah, and then it's really got no reason not to run the Air Slash since there isn't just a pure rock or electric type on Long Guy's quad. Right. And then, so that was, that's 1-2-1 one, because one, I'm guessing Long Guy was able to get lucky and line up, just get the lineup that they needed to be able to power through Kalidad's team. In the second one, Rumtum, I don't think, changed their lineup at all from... I'm checking their card. They went... I mean, they almost went back to their first... The first bout, except they swapped They swapped out the Beedrill for Galvantula. Anyway, <laughs> so Rumtum brought Samurott, Chestnut, Umbreon, Frostlass, Galvantula, and Sudowoodo into JJ Hoffner's Frostlass, Pinsir, Alolan Golem, Sudowoodo, Umbreon, and Jumpluff. Well, it looks like it was a Kate. In this case, it looks like Chestnut and Frostlass had their way with a lot of J- a lot of Hoffner's team. I mean, that Chestnut with Vine Whip can it walls a and Golem, it beats Sudowoodo, and then Superpower Landing can really hurt the Umbreon, and Frenzy Plan can still hurt Frostlass, and then Frostlass can beat the pincer and the jump pluff two pokemon that can really hurt chestnut if given the opportunity yeah as long as they manage those two and use their third to enable then rumtem was in a good spot like even samurott is, is pretty good where it's it's not looking as reliable as the last time we talked about it but still a lot of pressure there that's fair I'm seeing Jumpluff is almost forced to come to every game. Yeah, so and it's, then it's kind of keep it away from from the Frostlass situation. <laughs> uh, I mean, even with even with Jumpluff coming in, Sudowoodo landing 
being able to hit it really hard with Rock Slide and or Meteor Beam is already a feat in itself. But other than that, that's a pretty... It's still a really interesting lineup for that Hoffner brings. Good on them for being for scoring half the team's points. <laughs> yeah, for all the all the points going from Catacomb. Yep. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's it's it just looks a little. It doesn't. Yeah, man, Catacomb is tough just because it doesn't take a lot to really push the balance if if you're if you're bringing just like not quite enough coverage. For 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 me, I'm looking at the pincer as kind of a weak link but mm. it's like I, I understand the appeal as far as just wanting to throw close combats at things right and that and that makes a lot of sense well already then so with once again copper just getting an overview because all of these teams look evenly matched we'll find a team eventually <laughs> let's we might we might not <laughs> yeah i know it, it's about four Half the plays is over. You know what? We might have one during the break. During the break. I, I kind of I kind of hope that we just have a good enough bout this week that we, we cover our, our Barktown Boomer matchup, but we'll Yep. And speaking of that, Barktown Boomers and Diener Don't Care are scheduled to fight this week. The grudge match I'm I don't really shouldn't call it that much of a grudge match, but you know, we fight. We banter a lot in the Sylph server and in the Diener and in the Diener server. Honestly, these guys, it sucks that we have to hate each other for one week, but you know, I wish you guys the best of luck. And yes, the Twitter memes and Twitter banter will continue to happen. But aside from that, Busta Mime is going to be fighting Pioneer Valley PvP. The Orlando faction is fighting the Utah Rangers. And I believe these two teams are looking for their first win. Yep, they are the only two teams looking for their first win left. And finally, Spice is Right is going up against the Battle Boys. Spice is Right is looking to rebound after the 19-2 thrashing, and the Battle Boys are looking to continue their undefeated streak. Current standings have them at 3-0, along with SoCal Swablu and Barktown Boomers. So it's a, it's a race to the top. And and honestly, this this what's the word? This deal is still wide open. So with that out of the way, it's now time for the final tier. Yay! <laughs> so in bronze tier, Stadium Elite Silver beats Bad Mewtwo's fourteen to seven. And Synchronoise is able to beat Sphere Team Six twelve to nine. Sharks and Wreck beats Battle Club Orlando sixteen to five. Mighty Thunder Ducks puts Sea Kingpin down and see kingpin their first loss 14 to 7 and the tap and turtle squad beats the ghost pepper dunspice 14 to 7 it's a little more spread out on the games and that's okay diving into yeah, this sh- there isn't the one murder that occurred in this tier yeah <laughs> so diving into the sharks and wreck matchup mx chimp and fireblaze fought in the open slot with chimp MX Champ bringing Muchamp, Tapufini, Sableye, Lickitung, Ampharos, and Shadow Beedrill into Minim, Noctowl, Swampert, Kofferkrigus, Vigoroth, and Gliscor. You know, kind of looking at this team, it's kind of obvious. It looks to be pretty obvious as to what, who won and why, but let's take a look, see anyway. So, that Tapufini had a lot of had a lot of play. So Tapufini looks like it had a lot of play into Swampert and Gliscor. Does the Sableye wall Kofferkrigus? 
Or is it still taking like a lot of damage from from like Shadow Ball and Dark Pulse? It's it's still neutral. Uh, I mean, Sableye reaches the charge range faster also, so that's that's a problem. But uh, yeah, I, I think in general, Noctowl was probably better for for the job. It's like obviously you have to deal with with Ampharos, but yeah, it was... and, and, and Machamp is not as clean. But you have the other the other flyer of Blithcore there that is obviously fine into Machamp. Mm-hmm. And that Mindum is a pretty interesting pick, but I'm seeing that Shadow Beedrill, Sableye, and Lickitung could kind of make sure it doesn't come out to play, just because Minum is not the tankiest Pokemon. And there's as far as Electric types go, like it's it is one of the tankiest. But yeah, it feels feels like a weird pick here, and maybe worse is that it feels like they had to use it. <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know how I feel about that as their water answer especially. It was a choice, and I'm just going to leave it at it was a choice. Like, I mean, sure, there's there's also an Ampharos in this matchup, but Ampharos has gotten a lot more love recently than Minin. It's like, yeah, okay, Minin at least has Grass Knot as coverage if it is up against a Mudboy, but well, yeah. Ampharos has Brutal just, Swing. Yeah, well, no, Ampharos has, has a lot of nice options, just depending on what you need it to do, right? Like, the, the Minin is, is practically obligated to run its one set, whereas whereas Ampharos, like, you have coverage options. Okay. Yeah, Let's... I don't... I don't know. This... I'm not going to wrap my brain too much around it. I see a 3-0, I see some win cons, and I move on to the next one. Yeah, well, and I, I guess that, that is the one thing that I'll point out about it is it's just uh, Fireblaze is coming from the Arcana field, and maybe they just didn't get very good feedback on their team build, because this, this feels like a... You, you could have gotten away with this maybe a couple cycles back. But I don't know. Looks like the met, it looks like the meta finally caught up. But speaking of electric types, we had Poke Gains and LB. <laughs> Pikachu. Pikachu Mall. But anyway, Poke Gains brings a Shadow Luxray, Shadow Ampharos, Skunk Tank, Cobalion, Tentacruel, and Galarian Slowking into Kanto Ninetales, Regice, Vika Bolt, Tentacruel, Crustle, and Galarian Slowbro. Vigabolt was one of my favorite models. <laughs> it has not translated super well to go, but it's it's still one of my favorite from that generation. Well, Vigabolt, Vigavolt, excuse me, is I mean, it's it falls under the the speed like the speed Pokémon where if they're only if the only reason why they were in Pokémon is because they were really really fast boys. And because Pokemon Go doesn't have a speed stat, it kind of just is what happens from here. Is It's kind of like a hit or a miss mon. Because the only speedy mon that I've seen get a lot of play, or get some play, is Flygon. <laughs> so I, I didn't want to like jump on you too early, but... <laughs> Because I, I, I wanted to go check, but yeah, uh, Vikavolt is one of like the slowest electric tanks. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it's speed stats forty three. Oh, it just looks sorry. fast. I'm sorry. No, yeah, no, it's it's just like a special attack monster. So it's more um, attack weighted. Oh, heavily, yeah. Well, I didn't play Sun and Moon. I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actively 
avoided Gen Seven. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't play it either. It's, it's just in Gen Eight, I picked it up. Oh, that wasn't on my Nuzlocke at the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's got fun coverage moves, but um, yeah, it, it doesn't have kind of the normal tools that have helped a lot of the bug types, namely lunge. Does it get access to lunge? Not, not in Go. I don't know if it does in regular games. Oh, I was talking like, about regular that games. Be a, that would be a physical move anyway, so you're, you're cutting into your own special attacks if you do that. But it, like, it's cool to see it show up. It's, I, I don't know if it even... I guess, I guess the one advantage you have is you actually are more comfortable into the tentacle. Doesn't Vika Volt get access to Mud Slap? Yeah. And as a bug type, you resist fighting moves, right? Yeah. So theoretically, you can take on Cobalion and Skunk Tank and the other electric types because you were banned from your own cup in the electric cup. <laughs> yeah, why? <laughs> uh, why let those dang Mud Slappers in? <laughs> but kind of looking at the team that, you know, that Pokegains brought... I would be hard-pressed, because I see the Galarian Slowking and the Tentacruel. On the other side, I see Tentacruel, Crustle, and Ninetales. What do each of those three Pokemon share? A weakness to Psychic and or Water. You know what Tentacruel and Galarian Slowking are? Psychic and or Water. And then Cobalion does Cobalion things and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I guess you can kind of be core broken by Vikavolt in that sense. But Vikavolt is a little glassy that you might be able to take one of them down, but you're not taking both of them down. Yeah, I, I doubt you're taking the, the Slow King just because that's all all neutral. And then when, when I went and looked, Vikavolt loses the zero to Tentacruel. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But that that's the that's the game you play when you're you're stuck with this charge as your electric charge move in Ultra League. You tried, Vikavolt. You really did try. Yeah, it's just not quite. Okay. So, because in the Master Lot we have A City Boy and Oh Mr. Master having staff corrections on a 2 1, kind of don't want to spend too much time on this matchup, other than pointing out neither of them brought Mega Gengar, and Mr. Master brought Mega Pidgeot, that unfortunately didn't have a lot of play in this game. It's all right. Like, you're you're good into the Shadow Snorlax for sure. But I mean, yeah, the two the two normal types are kind of just hanging out because, <laughs> because there's there's no big scary ghost. But we do we do see another Mega Salamence, and I feel like we we talked about that enough. But unlike last time, I think it was fair to just stick to Dragon Tail. In this instance, I would agree. It's like yeah, there's an extra drill, but extra drill still pretty squishy by master league standards so that's true okay so in the field slot in the yurkana slot they traded blows with a one two and two one respectively so we had wheezy 977 go up against anderson game gamgi like probably gaming right okay we'll go with that anderson gaming so wheezy brings in a shadow gyarados shadow lugia that's new ship shadow shiftry lorancis tyrant and pelipper into Mew, Dusclops, Relicanth, Pelipper, Deoxys, and Malamar. 
with the bulk of Anderson Gaming's team, I think that was enough to put it over the hump to win. Your thoughts? This is also this is also Wheezy moving from having kind of played a little bit of everything the last couple cycles, and this this is their first timeout for for this cycle four. Ah, but man, they they went ham on their team building. I mean, the Lugian itself is already a good is already like just to know. All right, this is what we're going with today. Okay, let's do this. Well, and I mean the the same oh, weird. Anyway, sorry, I got sidetracked looking at Anderson's card because the last two bouts they didn't set teams, <laughs> so they finally set a team. Yeah. Anyways, the the Shadow Lugia applies the the same concept that we've been talking about with Shadow Gyarados and Tyrant, where it's just like okay, more dragon damage, and <laughs> I, I think when you run into Mew and Duskloth and Malamar, like that is making it difficult enough to do the job. And then yeah, like like you said, like D- you you add DD Relicanth to that mix, and you had enough bulk to invalidate the strategy. Yeah. So, but yeah, it looks it looks like the one thing then that was kind of the reset is Anderson had to actively deal with the shadow shiftery where a lot of the teams we've seen were over prepared for shiftery this one is just kind of bare minimum where yeah it has it has the pelipper and malamar can win it's it's not like super clean and same for deoxys right mm-hmm. that's what it's looking like as well but yeah i like i like your take that they <laughs> Weezy went all in on on fast move damage, and Anderson had a good response. Right, right. Okay, so in the second slot, we had Gambino Dragon and Jackery play. Gambino Dragon brings the Coffergrigus, Pelipper, Crustal, Tyrant, Magame, and Shiftry into Crustal, Coffergrigus, Shiftry, Medicham, Jumpluff, and Pelipper. I like the Meganium. Because you can still like hurt Crustal and hurt Pelipper, dealing neutral damage with that Frenzy Plant. I'm not completely sold on. I mean, aside from Tyrant coming out to play again for the millionth freaking time, Gambino's team looks just a little bit more flexible. Even though both of them bring the Crustal, Coffergrigus, and Shiftry, that Shadow and Shift. Pelipper. Oh yeah, and Pelipper. I forgot the Pelipper. But kind of looking at it, the differences with Tyrant Meganium. And Medicham and Jump Pluff kind of tell me that Tyrant into Jump Pluff, and then Jump Pluff beat the Meganium, Meganium beat the Medicham, and the Medicham beat the Tyrant. And just like this giant X pattern. Jackery does have the advantage here in the bulk picks, and I'm wondering if maybe they just leaned into that and maybe played a little bit too safe, like Kofa Jump Pluff as their central picks. And I think they maybe needed to play for some of their stronger matchups. Okay, I see. Where did my tab go? Here we are. <laughs> Tabs, no. We're almost done. I know. And so, in the catacomb field, we had Gordon Gordon the Flash go up against PDY969. Gordon the Flash takes a, t- brings in Ariados, Sudowoodo, Umbreon, Skunk Tank, Frostlass, and Chestnut. Into PDY's Umbreon, Sudowoodo, Frostlass, Jumpluff, Chestnut, and Alolan Graveler. I like that Skunk Tank because it 
really in this meta at least it really is a swiss army knife with the charge moves of flamethrower crunch and sludge bomb you don't know what you're gonna get until it throws it well and it is such a good bring here like uh, it's it's already hard enough to fit one grass onto a catacomb team and you run into a double grass and the umbreon is just okay yeah we're looking all right here we are being chillin yeah well we're, we're being chilly <laughs> and it kind of it kind of forces the a little in graveler to come out and so your your own chestnut starts to look better also right mm -hmm. or even pseudo if you wanted to get a little if you wanted to go all in on like the or give Sudowoodo a head start on energy to meteor beam everything. Yeah, I, I just I, I like I like the call on the scum tank. Okay, and then finally we had Garchomp, Glory, and and Dino or Dinoxin. Uh, we had Garchomp, Glory bring the Tyrant, Frostlass, Sudowoodo, Drapion, Jumpluff, and Umbreon into Dinoxin's Beedrill, Jumpluff, Sableye, Umbreon, Frostlass, and Samurott. Now it's really weird because. I'm thinking that on paper, based off of the, the teams, it should have been at least a 2-1, but Garchomp was able to 3-0. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm at a little bit of a loss on this one. Let's see. Yeah, I don't I don't know that the, the team will, will tell on it too badly here. Um, Do you think maybe it just came down to Battler's skill? Because I'm looking at each one of their each one of their cards as well. No. Lineups? Or like the which one, the one like lineup difference that is worth talking about is the Drapion, right? Like um, the Drapion by itself, like obviously doesn't win them the match, and like I feel this is one of those situations where Tyrant it has a few of these like main meta matchups that it wins in the one shield just because wins CMP, but outside of that, like it's kind of a liability. So I'm looking more at. Our, our usual suspects around the Drapion, so something like the Sudowoodo Frostlass, or def I mean, definitely Sudowoodo. Like that that thing is just always a menace. But I feel like the the problem becomes keeping the, the Samurott in check. Yeah, it doesn't look like I mean, aside from the Jump Luff, there wasn't doesn't look like there was a lot of Pokemon that can keep the Samurott in check. Like you were saying, the, the Frostlass wins. The one and two shield but if you keep the same route to close like it wins the zero and that i guess is the one part of catacomb that we haven't really touched on is there are a lot of these matchups that in the various shield scenarios like will actually shift pretty significantly from one of them winning to the other so it this this is feeling much more like a shield management matchup that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> but okay, that that makes... Yeah. I know Catacomb teaches... At least the Catacomb field this time is teaching you how to manage shields. And 9 times out of 10, if you have more shields than your opponent at the end, you're more than likely going to take the victory. Unless you get baited, then in which case, you know, it happens. It happens to the best of us. In, in general, it's just less cut and dry. That's, that's why I enjoy it, is knowing knowing your win cons is is more complicated than just oh yeah this pokemon beats this pokemon all the time where which is which is how a lot of the different 
fields have played out. Mm -hmm. So just just that we we get a little bit more complicated of a field this time is, is like this this particular matchup I feel like really tells on that element where it's it's so much it's so much less about the lineup itself than the execution. Right. Okay then. So going into bout four, Stadium Elite Silver is going to look to continue their win streak against Ensynchronoise. Sharks and Wreck is going up against Bad Mewtwo's. That'll be a good game. The Mighty Thunder Ducks are going, or excuse me, the Mighty Thunder Ducks and Sfield Team Six are squaring off against each other. Sfield Team Six is going to be looking for their first win of the cycle. Tap and Turtle Squad and Battle Club Orlando are also fighting. Once again, Battle Club Orlando is going, is that team, there's another one of those teams that are looking for their first win. And Ghost Pepper Dunspice and Sea Kingpin square off. And Ghost Pepper Dunspice is, once again, another one of those teams that will be looking for their first win. So, best of luck to each of these teams and battlers. And don't forget, after this week, you've got a week-long break to relax, recover, or train if you want. Oh, is there is there a week between bouts again? Yeah, and there was a there was a debate on it in the in the dis in the self arena Discord, a little bit, and to me, honestly, I don't have a preference either way. <laughs> I guess, like I guess it makes sense to do a, a spring break week, sort of, but at the same time, it's just like they are so different across the board. There's no way that you would make everyone happy, but it's something. Yeah, something's better than nothing is what I say. So, I'm not on the governing body. Maybe if a Self Arena person or someone that is from Self Arena wants to come and give their thoughts on the podcast, the door is unlocked, quote unquote. Just wipe your feet before you come in. Are we are we doing a commercial break? No, not this week. Rat. <laughs> Even though we didn't get to midnight, it's it's getting late. <laughs> <laughs> the sun's getting real low. Yeah. That's what we're going to call it. So, are you are you plugging our tournament? Yes, I am. So, before we sign off, we'd like to take this time to let everybody know that our polka dot our polka dot tournament is going to be starting on April the 12th. By the time this episode goes live, you will have just under 5 days. Yeah. You'll have just under 5 days to get registered. The link will be in the description below. Just go ahead and join the Discord, agree to the rules. Don't be mean, and you'll be fine. However, with all of that being said, always remember, keep your dragon fangs sharp, stay away from those fairies, they don't want to give you candy, and until next time, we will see you all in our next episode. And, you know, good good luck if you're GBLing with all the Master League weeks.